Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 28. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at verse 5 with me, if you will. They shall take the goal in verse 5. Blue and purple and scarlet thread and the fine linen. And they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, scarlet thread and fine woven linen artistically worked. And it shall have two shoulder straps joined at its two edges. And so it shall be joined together. And the intricately woven band, that's the girdle of the ephod, which is on it, shall be of the same workmanship, made of what, saints? Gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen. And then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six of their names on one stone and six on the other stone, in order of their birth, with the work of the engraver and stone, Like the engraving of the signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel, and you shall set them in settings of gold, and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. And so Aaron, watch this, shall bear their names before the Lord on his shoulders as a memorial. And you shall also make settings of gold, and you shall make two chains of pure gold like braided cords. And fasten the braided chains to the settings. Stop right there. Give me your attention. So what we have here, saints, is, are you listening? Special clothing for the priest. So the question arises then, why did they have to wear special clothes? Well, I think it's obvious to set them apart. So when you would see them, you would say, oh, well, there, there's a man of God. There's a a man of the cloth. But I'll tell you something, you know, there are some people today who like to enjoy wearing special clothes that distinguish them from the common people today. And that's fine. Don't misunderstand me. That's okay. That's fine. But I don't think that's necessary. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that priests and ministers today need to wear special clothes. Why? Because number one, listen, we don't live in the Old Testament economy. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number two, in the New Testament, listen, very important. There is no separate priesthood. There's no separate priesthood in the New Testament. Listen, the Bible teaches there is one mediator between God and man, and his name is who? And then Peter, second Peter, pardon me, first Peter chapter two, verse five tells us that we are all kings and priests unto God. So there's no separate priesthood. So you don't need to. Here's the thing. You don't need to go to the special person 
So the special person can go to Jesus. So Jesus can go to the father. So the father can tell Jesus and Jesus can tell the special person and the special person can come tell you. That's crazy. You don't need to do that. You don't need to wear special. I don't like to wear special clothing. I try not to look like a special person. Don't y'all say amen. (laughs) You know, I remember this one time. I got to tell you this. I remember this one time. uh, I was officiating this wedding and the family thought it important that I wear special clothing, a robe. And I didn't want to wear special clothes, but because I was trying to walk in love, I wore this special clothes and I wore a robe. And I felt a little awkward in the special clothes, you know, because I don't wear special clothes. And, and, and I try to get out of wearing the special clothes because I don't think the special clothes are necessary. And if you have people in your family or you know ministries that they do wear special clothes, I have noticed that the special clothing in the church today is getting, let's just say, special. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm getting, getting a witness? Okay, good. It's getting weird. I mean, it's getting more ostentatious and why? Why? And then, you know, it makes it hard on guys like me because when you don't wear the special clothes, people don't take you serious. <laughs> so I go into churches and I, you know, hey, well, you know, I'm here to teach the word. You know, am I going to another church? Don't misunderstand me. I believe in being coming. All things, all men, that I might try to win some. And, and you know, if I'm going to a place where they wear special clothes, I wear, try to wear a suit at least. And, and if it's really special clothes, I throw in a tie. But, but... <laughs> And we got to be real special clothing, though. But that's about as special as I get. And, and you know, when I tried it, but when you go in there, you know, this is me. This is what I wear. I mean, this is, this is me on Wednesday night and whatever Sunday morning. I mean, this is just me. This is what I wear. And I don't think that I need to prove to people how holy or godly I think I am by what I wear. Amen. And if you can't, you know, hear the word because I don't have on special clothing, well, then that's not really my problem. That's your problem. Amen. Why don't you wear the special clothing? <laughs> Oh, not. Oh, see, I see how that goes. Oh, you want me hot in the special clothing, but you don't want to wear the special clothing. I could talk about special clothing all night. You know, we, you know, we, we just, we just, we just need to, we need to be people that, you know, it's not about what you look like. It's not about what you're wearing. It's about who, you know, you know, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now here, the ephod, let's get through these real quick. Here we have the ephod. First of all, you're looking at it right in verse four. We're going to talk about the special clothing in verse five. Actually begins to give you the description of the ephod. Now the ephod, listen, was worn over a linen garment Two pieces of cloth were brought together, we just read this, and held together by onyx stone and a belt. Six names of the tribes of Israel were engraved on one stone, six names engraved on the other stone. And this was symbolic of the fact that, listen, we just read it also in verse 12, when the high priest went into the presence of God, he carried the children of Israel on his shoulders. Which speaks of, listen, saints, watch this. It speaks of the strength and the power of the high priest. Jesus, the Bible says, is our great high priest. Amen. Amen. And Hebrews chapter 7 in verse 25 tells us, Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, 
seeing he what, saints, ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus is able to save us, which speaks of the fact that he has the power and he has the strength. Now, let me give you the first ministry point or the ministry takeaway. If you're in ministry or you are a shepherd, listen, this is what we can learn from the ephod. Always stay connected to the people and bear up the people. How do you do that, Rodney? Well, you do it through prayer. You're going to be in ministry? Be a man or woman of prayer. Read the Bible. Study the word of God. These are ways that you stay connected to the people and you bear people up before the Lord. Let's move forward. Talking about the breastplate, we'll look at verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, would you say amen? amen. You shall make the breastplate of judgment. Hmm. Breastplate of judgment. Artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod, you shall make it gold, blue, purple, scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, you shall make it. And it shall be doubled into a square. Now get this, a span shall be its length and a span shall be its width and you shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be of sardis and topaz and emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be of tur- a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row of jacinth. I believe that's how you pronounce that. And agate. Agate. And amethyst. And the fourth row, beryl, onyx, and jasper. Do your own homework. Go to the book of Revelation and read about these same stones. Okay. So the fourth row, beryl, onyx, and jasper, and they shall be set in gold settings. And the stone shall have the names of the sons of Israel, 12 according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one with his own name. They shall be according to the 12 tribes. And you shall make chains for the breastplate at the end, like braided cords of pure gold. And you shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate and put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. And then you shall put the two braided chains of gold in two rings, which are on the ends of the breastplate. And the other two ends of the braided chains you shall fasten to the two settings and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in the front. And you shall make two rings of gold and put them on the two ends of the breastplate and on the edge of it, which is on the inner side, the inner side of the ephod. And two other rings of gold you shall make and put them on the two shoulder straps underneath the ephod towards its front, right at the seam above the intricately woven band of the ephod. And they shall bind the breastplate by the means of its rings to the rings of the ephod using a blue cord so that it is above the intricately woven band of ephod of the ephod. And so that the breastplate does not come loose from the ephod. Y'all got all that? I'll explain it. So Aaron, in verse 29, shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart. Would you underline that? And when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually, and you shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, underline both of them, and they shall be over Aaron's heart where he goes in before the Lord. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. The best way to describe the breastplate was that it was a vest over 
the garment. I got a couple of pictures. Don't I got a couple of pictures? Let me see if I can get those in there. There's a picture of the breastplate, and you can see the stones there. Do I have a picture of the high priest or a picture of the priest? And, and that's a picture of the priest. I was looking at that picture of the priest in his face. I thought he looked pretty upset. <laughs> What's up with the priest? I'm like, what, bad day, dude? I mean, but he is wearing the breastplate. You can see that. You can see that he's wearing the robe. We haven't talked about that yet. You can see he's wearing the turban and all of the articles that uh, we are going to be talking about. But the breastplate went over. It was like a vest-type garment, if you will, went on the front. It was made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet, and it was attached to the ephod with gold chains. We just read all this. The breastplate was to have three rows of four gems. Each stone had one name of the 12 tribes engraved on it. The priest would enter the presence of God, Wearing the breastplate. And what we have here, saints, is a picture of Jesus. Give me your attention. Is a picture of Jesus who entered the presence of God. And Jesus, the Bible says, calls us a jewel. Did you know that? I found this interesting that Jesus calls us a jewel. The Bible says that Jesus is in heaven right now on our behalf. Not only does he carry us on his shoulders, but he carries us on his breast, engraved on his heart. He loves us and looks at us like jewels. It's in Malachi chapter 3, and it reads, Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And they shall be mine says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I will make them, did you get that? My jewels. Isn't that awesome? And it's a beautiful verse because it teaches those who fear the Lord and speak about him, God listens and writes down their names. In other words, listen, saints, when we come together and we worship God, as I mentioned earlier, I think in my prayer, God is listening to our worship. We have to understand that we're not just here singing to sound good. We are singing to the God of the universe. We are singing to the Lord. And when we sing to the Lord, God listens to that. When we praise the Lord, God listens to that. Even in your quiet time, when you praise God, God listens to that. And he hears you praying and he hears you praising him. And he writes that. Day. He said, what, what was that? What was that? Oh, I heard that. And he writes that down. He writes it down, the Bible says, in the book of remembrance, the Bible says that he heard. That word heard in our text, listen, means to perk up. It means to stand up. Every time I read this word heard in the Hebrew language, which means to perk up and stand up, I think about my German shepherd. (laughs) I do. His name, oh, you know, were you with me? In times past, his name is Zito von Bierstadterhoff. Yeah, he has a nice German name. Zito was so cute, German Shepherd. And I remember when you call Zito, you know German Shepherd, their ears pop up. You call him, their ears pop up. And I remember when he was a little puppy and his ears hadn't gotten all the way up yet. But when I called him, only one ear would stand up. <laughs> it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. It was so cute. And that perks up. And God, not to be compared with a German Shepherd. <laughs> But God hears us and God perks up. Here's the point, saints. And, 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 and he takes joy. 
And the Bible says he calls us his own. And in the day that God will make us his jewels. Have you ever thought about that? God calls you a jewel. Your husband might not call you a jewel. Your wife might not call you a jewel. You might call your husband more like a rock. (laughs) Head. But not a jewel. Well, your parents might not look at you as a jewel, but God looks at us like we are jewels. And that's why I love that verse. He calls things which be not as though they were ministry point here. Number two, not only are we as ministers to stay connected and carry the people, but also we're to love the people. That's what the breastplate speaks of near the heart. We are to love the people and keep them close to our hearts. And behind the breastplate, saints, listen, there's this pouch. And in the pouch are two stones. We just read it right around verse 30. Go ahead and peek at it again. Right around verse 30, you have the Urim and the Thummim. Urim, if you're taking notes, means lights. And Thummim means perfections. Lights and perfections. Now, what is the Urim and the Thummim? I don't know. No one knows to tell you the truth. There's a lot of speculation as to what it is, but nobody really knows. Some people think that the stones are black and white and they glow. And if you wanted to know something from God, then and it was a yes, then the white stone would glow. And if no, then nothing would happen. Some people say that there were two sides to each stone, one yes side and one no side. And if you throw them like kind of sanctified dice, if you will, And if it was a question and both sides came up yes, then the answer was yes from God. And if you had a yes and a no, then the answer would be no. The truth is nobody really knows. And we have no idea what these stones really are. And the truth is, saints, really, quite honestly, I don't care what they are. We really shouldn't care what they are. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit living within inside of us. And if we need to know something, we just ask God. We don't need to throw the sanctified dice. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) We just ask the Lord and God will answer us. So we don't really care to know. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm glad that God didn't tell us because if God told us, you know, there are some people who would take the Urim and the Thurim and try to make little copies of it and try to offer it to you for a love gift. If you sow a seed for your need, <laughs> they would try to send you a cop. They'll send you a couple dice and you'd hang them from your mirror and that kind of thing. And it would be it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. So God says, you know what? This knowledge, this piece of knowledge is reserved for me. I'm not going to even tell you because y'all have messed this up. And before you know it, it'd be on a praise-a-thon or something. Look at verse 31. And uh, look at verse 31. You there? And you shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. There shall be an opening for his head in the middle of it. It shall have a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening in a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. And upon its hem, in verse 33, you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, scarlet, all around its hem, and bells of gold between them all around. A gold bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. And it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers, and it sounds, underline that, will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out that he may not die you shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it like the engravings of a signet and this is what the gold plate or a miter or a headpiece should be engraved on it these words holiness to the Lord 
and you shall put it on a blue cord that it may be on the turban and it shall be on the front of the turban or some of your Bibles say miter, like a headdress, headpiece. And so it shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hollow in all their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. You shall skillfully weave the tunic of fine linen thread. You shall make the tunic or the turban of fine linen and you shall make the sash of woven work for Aaron's sons. You shall make tunics and you shall make sashes for them and you shall make hats for them for the glory and beauty. And so you shall put them on Aaron, your brother and on his sons with him. And you shall anoint them, underline that, consecrate them, underline that, sanctify them, underline that, that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall make for them linen trousers. These are kind of like baggy pants. It's kind of interesting. This is the first mention of sagging. <laughs> Just trying to help you. And you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness, that they shall reach from the waist to the thighs. And they shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place, that they do not incur iniquity and die. And it shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. So, I'll tell you what we'll do. I am out of time. I have many more things to say. And where does the time go? So why don't we stop right there? And the next time we gather together, I'm going to give you three more ministry points. And, uh, and we'll talk about this pomegranates and bells, pomegranates and bells, pomegranates and bells, all the way around. Listen, before I let you go, understand something here. What we are doing, I hope that you are finding chapter 28 interesting. But here's the thing. What we are doing here, saints, and you got to get this. We, we are doing something tonight that most churches across America have never done. They have never looked at Aaron's clothes. When's the last time you heard a Bible study on Aaron's clothes? No one. Because most people don't take the time to go through the scriptures. Remember when Jesus said he came in the volume of the book? The volume of the book means the whole book. That means Aaron's clothes as well. If Jesus preserved his word for 2,000 years, listen to me. If Jesus preserved his word, God preserved his word for 2,000 years, then we ought to respect it and read it. Amen. And we ought to know it. So when we get to heaven, we won't be ignorant. So many people will get to heaven, they're going to be going, well, what is that big tree? <laughs> McFly, hello, it's the tree of life. Oh, is that what, yeah, it was in the Bible, didn't you read it? Well, no, we actually didn't quite read the Bible. I mean, we bought it to church and everything, but we didn't read it. When you get to heaven, man, don't y'all realize? You're going to see Aaron and you're going to say, if the Lord come get us tonight. You're going to see Aaron, you're going to say, man, we're just talking about your clothes. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying, clap your hands, would you? <laughs> 
Oh, man. You'll be like, man, that headpiece thing, that was cool. That's right. We never got to it, actually. But I, we were <laughs> but, but that headpiece thing was cool. And, and you know stuff. And it's not to say, well, out oh, I know stuff that people don't know. Oh, so it's one thing to have heart head knowledge. It's another thing to have heart knowledge. Okay, fine. But what we are going through the scriptures, and it is important that we read the word line by line, verse by verse, every jot, every tittle, every comma, every question, every semicolon. We read the word and we study the word of God and we know the word of God. And we're doing something on Wednesday night that most people never do in their entire life. And I know that because I'm looking at many people in this room that have come to me and said, I've been in this church for six months and I've learned more in this church in six months than I learned over there in 20 years. And that's true. So we're learning. We're growing. And, and there's nothing in God's word boring. Not to me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.